Star Lowdown. I'm Ty Henderson. Shay Holt. What's up? Corey Guidry. Uh, I just want to give you all a little bit of a lowdown on what we're going to be talking about week to week. Uh, we're planning on releasing one episode per week uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, we are a general sports talk show, but we give you all a little bit of Texas flair with the Longhorns, Rockets, Mavericks, Spurs, um, Austin FC. Corey. Yeah, that's not my specialty, <laughs> but I'll let you handle that one. Um. But yeah, Dallas sure. Cowboys. Uh, how could I forget? How about them boys? How about them Cowboys? Uh, well, there we go. Um, let's start with that. Uh, I know Corey had some Cowboys news and nuggets and a little some questions for us. Yeah, and just to take it back, I'm glad you actually let me say my own name because you always mess up my last name, but it's all good. Uh, so yeah, Dallas Cowboys began OTAs. I got a list of questions here that I want you guys to answer. And basically, the premise is, is this a big deal or is it not a big deal? So I'll just present y'all that question and you can answer it. So first practice of OTAs, Tyron Smith pulls up with a back strain. Big deal or not a big deal? Uh, I'm going to go with big deal. Um, we need some stability on the offensive line this year. We're replacing a few pieces, Connor Williams, Leo Collins. Got a few new guys coming in. Uh, Tyler Smith's there. I don't think he's going to be playing tackle this year. I think they're looking at him at left or yeah left, left guard. guard. But if Tyron can play 15 games, I'd be happy. But in the next year to two, I would love to see him kind of be phased out and have someone uh, ready to take that, that left tackle spot, that blindside spot. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with a big deal on that one. Yeah, and uh, I think that was the whole point of drafting Tyler Smith, right, because you kind of expect Tyron to miss some time. I don't know. What do you think, Shay? You know, I don't uh... – think this is that big a deal Tyron Smith Hall of Fame caliber player um, you know you get a little tweak in the back you're gonna sit out some OTAs it's still very early in the off seat in the you know preseason um, and yeah like you said they just brought in a first round uh, offensive lineman who could you know grow into the spot eventually um, but you know Ty- Tyron Smith I think he knows what he's got to do to get ready to play you know Full 17 games? I don't know, but you know, I think he'll be out there and just wants to avoid a big-time injury, so I'd say no big deal. Yeah, and um, for me to answer my own question, I'm going to say kind of a big deal. So I'm sitting on the fence, which is, but the thing is, it's like Tyron's had back issues and neck, and those scare me the most, right? Because you can't have a surgery that like fixes your back. All it does is help it not have as much pain, basically, yeah. like a fusion or whatever you get there. But last year, you know, it wasn't his back. It was his ankle lower body injury. So, you know, it's just a back strain. He Tyron Smith doesn't need to be at OT. I mean, he's like 6'9". I'm sure he's going to get some back strains. Here. Yeah, so kind of, I don't know. Like, you know, it's always scary because, you know, when Tyron goes down, typically that's not good for us. But anyway, move on to the next point. CeeDee Lamb made a very controversial statement in the media. He said that he grew half an inch over the past offseason at 23 years old. Is this true? Is this false? What do y'all think? Well, he also said he gained about 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he did. Well, I guess um, that would come if you get taller, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but my first reaction was uh, steroids. 
<laughs> which I I am a Cowboys fan, so I don't want that. But uh, if he's going to do it and get away with it, sure. sure. They're all on steroids. <laughs> but uh, He got him from Hopkins. <laughs> there you go. There you go, DeAndre Hopkins, steroid user. Um, but I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go with no no big deal on this one. Um, obviously a half inch will help you there, high pointing a ball. Um, I do expect him to be ready to step into Amari Cooper's shoes as the wide receiver number one for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I did see that he had him and Dak Prescott have a walker next to each other. Now I think that is more of a big deal. That was my I, next one. That was so, your yeah, next let's one. Let's get to Sorry. it right now. Sorry, yeah. No, no, let's get to it right now. Is that a big deal? What do you yes, think? that is a huge deal. Um, building a rapport with your quarterback. Um, I mean, they have what two years under their belt together now. Yeah, three, three. This will be the third year, three. I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. But yeah, that's the bigger deal for me. I mean, obviously, putting on some weight is huge. I think that he went down a little too easy last year. Um, he's he's great at, at evading tacklers, obviously, but having having that number one guy right next to you in the locker room, I think that's going to build a connection that will be great for years to come. Yeah, I think that half inch will really matter, um, <laughs> especially. You know, yeah, every uh, inch matters, right? Oh, hey, oh. Um, <laughs> so anyway, is it my imagination or is Ceedee Lamb a bit twiggy? Like he's kind of thin in the legs, and you know, just yeah, you that, see him running. And he also lines up in the slot a lot, like you know, but you know, more more so than he's out on the outside like Amari Cooper usually was. You know, I don't know how this transition is going to work. Um, who all did the Cowboys get back? They bring back Gallup. Gallup's back. He's coming off ACL tear. He won't be ready for Week yeah, One. He's so. supposed to miss three games. It's looking like right now. The receiving core is probably going to look like um, Lamb. Jalen Tolbert, third round pick, and James Washington, who was like a number four receiver for the I Steelers. Don't think, I don't think Tolbert. I saw he got hurt too. I don't yeah. think he gets on the field much. He was rehabbing. Apparent. I mean, they're they're gassing him up. Like he is a very high football IQ. He's one of those guys. So it shouldn't be like learning the system that holds him back. But you know, you never know with rookies. You know, it's not a guarantee that they're just going to transition and uh, be quality NFL players. I think hey, you're undervaluing that Washington guy, man. Uh, isn't he out of Oklahoma State? He mm-hmm. is, yeah. Yeah, man, Oklahoma State puts badass skill position players into the league all the time, and he produced up there in a loaded receiving core in Pittsburgh, man, and he got his catches in. So don't, under, don't underlook that. He could easily be the number two in Dallas, it sounds like to me, especially Gallup coming off of injury. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, I mean, back to Gallup, he is going to have huge expectations going into this year. I mean, even coming off the injury, uh, he got that new deal. Um, he's expected to be a true number two receiver now. I mean, he was the third third option last year, the past few years. So I'm I'm expecting big things from him. Uh, Corey, you got anything else on the Cowboys? Yep. So uh, let's see, which one do we go with next? We talked about Ceedee Lamb. Uh, just real quick, one word answer on this. Let's not, and then we'll move on. But CD, CD went for 900 yards as a rookie, 1,100 last year, 1,300 over-under. I'm taking the under on that. What about you, Doc? Uh, I'm going to go under two, but over 15 touchdowns. I'll, ooh, ooh, like, I'll take the over, but Tank Lawrence came out and said he is sick of not being the best pass rusher on this team, and his goal this year is to have more sacks than Mr. Micah Parsons and lead the team in sacks again. Will it happen? I love it. I love that kind of energy. I mean um, – Having competition with your teammates is something that is huge on a team, even at the pro level, um, holding each other accountable. So I'm I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting uh, at least a multi, like, 10-sack season or more from Tank Lawrence this year. Shea? 
Uh, Tank Lawrence is Demarcus Lawrence. I just want to clear that <laughs> one up because I didn't know who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, especially with Randy Gregory, I think they're, you know, uh, more will be expected from him. He's getting paid as an elite pass rusher. And, um, you know, Micah Parsons had a great rookie year, uh, but that can get to you sometimes. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a sophomore slump, especially, uh, you know, uh, getting after the quarterback and accumulating those sack numbers. Lawrence has been here. He's done that. I think he'll, you know, he's a safer bet for a consistently high number of sacks. I'm going uh, about 10 and a half on the year. I like that. Yeah. And, I agree that you could see Micah Parsons be a better player this year, but still have not as good numbers. Because sometimes those sacks, they come in bunches, and it's, you know, like you just might not get them. Like Tank Lawrence um, has been down in the sack column the last few years, but if you watch him play, he's still really good. Like I love Tank Lawrence. He can defend the run, and he gets pressures. He just hasn't quite been getting there to close it out. But, um, yeah, and last thing on the cow- – oh, go ahead. There will be a lot more film on uh, Micah Parsons because yeah. he didn't play his senior year at Penn State. So he was coming in – or not his senior year, whatever it would have been, his final season. So, uh, you know, teams are going to be game planning for him, and they have been all all off season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, as much as I love the Cowboys, I think we should move on to some more NFL talk. Uh, earlier this week, Colin, Colin, Kaeper- Colin Kaepernick – Worked out for the Las Vegas Raiders. Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, we all know him and love him. Haven't played in the NFL. Hasn't played in the NFL since 2016, but had um, some good some good feedback coming out of that workout. What do you guys think? Does he have a chance to get signed? You know, I think there's uh, always a need for quarterbacks in the NFL. I think uh, with uh, the Raiders losing Marcus Mariota, who I think was one of the better backup quarterback situations. Um, in the league, they need somebody. Um, I don't know who they might have brought in, but uh, they traded for Jared Siddham from the uh, yeah Auburn guy, right? Yeah, Baylor too from the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe he's you know the future. Kaepernick is getting older now, but um, ultimately, I just you know don't think that he's like thirty four years old. Exactly, he was old coming out of college. Um, he's never been a great passer either. Yeah. What was his last year? When was the last time he actually took a field? So six And years. he got benched that year. Yeah, I mean, they weren't good. So. Only if Josh McDaniels wants to run some special packages with a mobile quarterback, because Derek Carr, he can move, actually. But, you know, uh, similar to what they did with Marcus Mariota, bringing him in and those special packages, yeah. I could see maybe a guy like Kaepernick um, coming in and filling a similar role. But um, Do you think it's worth all the distraction he'd bring along with him? Well, the Raiders have never really shied away from, you know, distractions. Certainly not. Um, Just win, baby. Yeah. So (laughs) they think it'll help them win. I mean, Josh McDaniels, I know he said something about departing from the Patriot way, but if they think that, you know, it gives them an advantage, I still think that uh, there's there's potential. But um, he's been getting these one-off workouts from, you know, Seattle or, you know, this, that, and the other team here and there, and it just never materializes for him. All right. Um... Well, let's move on. Uh, Travis Kelsey, um, do y'all think he deserves to be paid like a top-tier receiver in the league? It's a good question. You know, um, I'm pulling up his cap number right here. It's what, like 14, 15 it's million? It's 14 and a half. Uh, and right, well, next year the highest cap hit for a receiver is going to be like 23 million. And then the year after that, that's when Tyreek's kicks in. It's going to be 30. Is so it? he'll be making about half of what Tyreek Hill will be making next year. And you could argue he's just important to the Chiefs as Tyreek was. So it's like, but Kelsey came out and said, because like there was other tight ends in the league kind of like, yo, he needs a pay raise. You know, it helps us all out anyway. Like the low level tight ends 
get more money if he gets more money. But he came out and said, like, you know, I'm not even focused on money. I'm just trying to be great. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, and then there's guys like Najoku um, who signed, I think, this this week a four-year, like, $56 million deal, which is not He's much, okay. But that's still, He's not, okay. that's still not much money. Yeah. You know, compared to what these receivers, what Christian Kirk is getting, like he's Man, getting paid over twenty one twenty one million dollars a year, or something like that. So uh, I I don't know if you have anything on it, Shay, but obviously I I think that he should be getting paid twenty million plus yearly, no doubt. He is so important to the Chiefs. He's more important than Tyree Kill was. He is Patrick Mahomes' safety valve as long as well as a down the field threat. So. He's the best tight end we've seen since primetime Gronkowski, man. Um, you know, probably equally as dominant in this league. Uh, again, playing with a great quarterback. I think he would be good on any team, though. Uh, but overall, yes, a $20 million contract for him, especially with what you just told me Ninjoku was getting paid. I think he's totally probably worth that. No, Ninjoku's not getting paid $20 million. He's paying, like, fi- what you said he was getting paid, about 15 14 Kelsey, something like yeah, that. Kelsey, yeah, 15 Five. Well, Ninjoku four fifty four fifty six by four is what fourteen. I'm terrible at math. Well, that's just what it is. Um, <laughs> it's going to be around ten for, a, but you know, it's not always even like year to year bonuses. So, yeah, it's going to be around like ten that. this year for the hit, which is about what Dalton Schultz is getting paid with the tag. Yeah. Either way, I think it's an overall trend of like these skill position players just getting paid way too much money, and uh, that's just not the way you win in the NFL by paying your paying your skill position players. They just get hurt too often. All right. Yeah. Um, another. Receiver made news this this week. He is no longer uh, signed to a team. Antonio Brown says he will not play in 2022. What do y'all think? Does he really? I mean, I'm sure someone would give him a chance, right? I don't know. I just wonder how many offers he actually had. Like, I wonder if that is by necessity or by him just saying, I'm done playing. Well, so, I, I don't know. I also think it, it has something to do with him starting. Uh, him and Kanye West just started a sports agency. Yay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I had not heard this yet. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know too much about it, but I know Antonio Brown considers him the self, himself the president of the agency. And nice for me. Yay is, it's called Yay, um, Yay Sports 8, I don't know, something like that. Um, but they signed Aaron Donald this week, who is looking for a new contract. Um, not sure who, what other athletes to sign, but Aaron Donald's obviously top five defensive players in the game still. Uh, Shay, what um, do you think? I think, well, first of all, I think Aaron Donald is unanimously considered the best defender in the game, uh, if not the best player right now. Um, yeah, uh, you know, he came out saying that it might be his last year, might have gone out um, with a championship. I think that was probably to work you know, angle towards a new contract. Uh, you know, again, I just don't know if the Rams can pay him $25, 30000000 million a year. I they know don't have are, the room. There are five defensive linemen getting paid more per year, but that's just the nature of the NFL. The best player at the position is almost never the highest paid player, or at least not for very long. Um, it's just a supply and demand league. Uh, you know, I could see him going to another team and, you know, cashing in another $100 million paycheck, but that's, you know, that's oh. common. Yeah, uh, real quick, just for the numbers, uh, Aaron Donald will be the third highest-paid defensive lineman next year behind Chris Jones and Leonard Williams of the Giants. Uh, $27 million cap hit for Leonard Williams. How is Leonard Williams making $27 I think this is like the peak of his contract, like going to be the biggest year kind of thing. Because, you know, it's not always the same number every year split up. He's like like a run-stopper guy. He's not like a sack guy. He didn't – he is a bit – definitely not to the capacity of Aaron Donald. He just plays on the Jets, so it's – 
He's on the Giants now. Oh, they traded him? Yeah. Oh, last the, year. They've yeah, had, yeah. They signed him in free agency a few years ago. Corey, that's just defensive tackles, though, right? Those two dudes you named were defensive tackles, right? Nope. That is all defensive linemen. Oh, wow. Actually, uh, Leonard Williams is a defensive end. Like, Actually, the D tackles are they run, some they... of the highest paid uh, D linemen. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, last thing on the NFL, Jeff Gladney passed away in a car accident this week. Uh, very sad. Uh Y'all have anything to add on that? Yeah, man. Jeff Gladney, uh, I think he's a Texas kid originally, right? I don't know. I know he New went to Boston. Is that Texas? Yeah. Okay, Boston I, Dallas. I, have, I have no idea where TCU that is. TCU guy. TCU guy. You know, really good player. I uh, liked him out of TCU. He's, uh, yeah, man, 25 years old. It's always tragic to hear something like this. So, uh, yeah, just condolences to him and his family. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our NFL talk for the week. We'll be right back with some NBA finals previews and predictions and some suggestions to the Mavs and to the Heat on how to improve this offseason. This is the Lone Star Lowdown. All right, we're back with some NBA Finals uh, predictions and preview. We got the Golden State Warriors against the uh, Boston Celtics. What do you all think about that series? Man, I, I, I would not have guessed the Boston Celtics would have made it this far. Um, they've been riddled with injuries all playoffs and mostly most of the regular season, too. But they did have a great second, second half of the year. Um, I'm really excited to see what kind of defense they're going to play on on the Warriors, um, but I think it's going to be a great series. What do you think? Yeah, I actually have a note on that. Their defense, they actually kind of remind me of like the 2018 Rockets in a way. They switch every ball screen no. on defense. No. No, no, listen. Hear me out, hear me out. They switch every ball screen. They were the highest switching team in the league, which is what the Rockets used to do. And we actually gave the Warriors trouble. Who else takes them to seven games? Are you talking like, is that was that the P.J. Tucker center yes. Rockets? Yeah, whenever we actually, maybe 2019 but or 2017, around there. We might still saying. have had Capella then. Yeah, we had Cap- yeah. We were switching. We were running out to threes. That's what gives the Warriors trouble. I mean, we never beat them, but I don't care what anyone says. We gave them a run for their money. Yeah, I do think the Rockets did challenge those Warriors, and I think they were one of the last teams to challenge a very healthy Warriors team. Um, but ultimately, we're in 2022, and the Warriors are back at it. Um, you know, getting over the injuries to Clay Thompson. They're, you know, at full strength now, trying to prove they can win again without Kevin Durant. And they've got a lot of good players, man. I mean, they're the new age Spurs. Steve Kerr is, you know, growing into the new Greg Popovich. He actually yeah. played with the Spurs for a few years there. Um, they are reloaded, man, with talent all over the floor. You know, Andrew Wiggins, Looney. Um, you know, the list goes on, and you know they've got great players that are not even playing for yeah, the team. Yeah, and, and one thing that's kind of weird to me now is back in the day, the Warriors were thought of as, like, the the, the bad team. You know, LeBron was, like, the everyone was rooting for LeBron. Everyone hated the Warriors because they were there every year, winning it every year. And now I feel like things have flip-flopped a little bit where people are actually rooting for them. And I think that's because of the Clay Thompson injuries and some of the new faces they have, um, some of the young guys. Steph Curry's a little bit older now. I hate him still personally. When he chews on his mouthpiece – that gets under my skin more than anything in the NBA. Um, but, yeah, Corey, 
Yeah, uh, we could talk about the matchup real quick. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Celtics. I don't sure, know. Sure, if, let's 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 go one by one. Do some do seven game predictions. Yeah, so I'm gonna pick the Celtics. You want to give us to give how many games? Yeah, give me a team and then how many games. Um, I'm gonna yeah Celtics. I'll go. Celtics have home court advantage, right? Yes. I'm gonna go Celtics in seven, and the reason I say that is I think they are a good matchup for the Warriors. Now, if the Warriors won, would I be surprised? No, but. Talk about Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, and we can argue whether he deserved it or not, but he's been one of the best defenders against Steph Curry in Steph Curry's career. Steph Curry's shooting 29% while Marcus Smart is directly guarding him. Can he stay healthy, though? He's been hurt all playoffs. That's a big question. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, I got Warriors in five. I think they're going to make quick work of the the Celtics. I don't think they're going to be able to stay healthy. Um. If not for a catastrophic injury to someone like Steph Curry, really is the only person I could see that him going down would alter the series for the Warriors. Um, but yeah, I got I got the uh, Golden State Warriors in five. I got the Warriors in six, man. Um, I think the upstart Boston Celtics will push them a little bit, but ultimately um, won't. They just don't have the experience. The Warriors are just this is their sixth Finals appearance in eight years. First team to do that since Jordan's Bulls. Uh, well, actually, um, I'm sorry. They're trying to win their sixth. No, I'm sorry. LeBron James went to like every fucking finals in a row. I'm completely off on yes. this. Yeah, um, but that was for different teams. I think you're saying with the same team. team. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I got the Warriors in six. When those three start falling, they just don't stop. They can uh, they can erase a 15 point lead in you know a minute and a half, and uh, they're just gonna be too much for him. I do like the Celtics defense. Um, you know, I I don't think that uh, the Celtics or Miami could can play with the Warriors though. What yeah. a, What about the coaching matchup? Who do you think's got the advantage there, Kerr or Oduka? I mean, Oduka, the, the the rookie coach. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to say Kerr just because of experience and time. You know, yeah. coaching, and we've seen him do good jobs in the biggest moments. You know, how do you say Oduka? Something like that. I started. Mm-hmm. I know how to. Speak. You know, he he used to play for the Kings. Uh, He's an NBA player as well. But uh, just on the other side of the coaching, I do have one point that would uh, probably lean towards the Warriors, and that's um, when Steph Curry actually got injured right before the playoffs. Y'all remember he was sitting, and mm-hmm. he actually didn't even start against the Grizzlies. He was coming off the bench. Uh, or was that the Nuggets? That was Grizzlies. Grizzlies, yeah. Um, Nuggets in first round. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So um, the the game he got injured was against the Celtics, and it was Marcus. Y'all remember there was a loose ball. Marcus Smart dives and lands on his ankle and rolls it. Steve Kerr's yelling. I forgot how big of a deal this was. Steve Kerr was yelling at Marcus Smart. They were like arguing. So, to me, I could see the Warriors, and you know when they're motivated. I mean, obviously they'll be motivated because it's the finals. But like, I could see them having a chip on their shoulder, and that might not be good for Boston. Yeah, I agree. Um, they're very protective over Steph. You know, that's their that's their darling. They don't want anything to happen to him. Of course, of course. Uh, well, let's move on to some of the teams that lost in the playoffs in the conference finals, to be specific. Uh, the Mavs. How do y'all think they can improve this offseason? I mean, just, you know, try to bring in somebody to play second fiddle to Luka Doncic, man. I mean, you don't need a superstar. Just look at uh, what the Bucks did getting Chris, you know, Chris Middleton came after they developed him. But, you know, finding that second superstar, and the Bucks had Drew Holiday as well, no slouch. But, um, yeah, find, you know, basically just rounding out the team and, Trying to make it work for the future, I think, is the most important thing. Do you think Jalen Brunson's the guy, Corey? 
I don't. Um, I'm not a big fan of six foot one shooting guards as my number two option. Um, you know, I think the league's really moving towards big wings. You know, I mean, obviously those are few and far between a lot of the time, but get Lucas some. And Jalen does. You know, he can create his own shot and all that. And if he was still on the Mavs as a number three, you know, I would like that. But I'm sure he's about to get paid a lot more than he's necessarily worth. Um, I don't want any part of that personally. Uh, get me someone who can actually make shots when it matters. Who can? Because um, I think they have some nice defensive pieces. Honestly, I don't know. Um, it's not like I watched the Mavs as close as my terrible, terrible Houston Rockets this year. But yeah, um, get Luca someone who can make shots. For me, the biggest thing is getting an inside presence. I mean, we don't need someone like Rudy Gobert. Or I, I don't want to pay someone thirty million dollars a year to play center, but. You know, find someone in the free find someone in free agency, draft someone in the second round that can that can be a big body in there that that can be a rim protector. Dwight Powell, as much as I love him, he's a hustle guy, he's a team player, great locker room guy, but he just cannot get the job done, especially in a playoff environment when the the fouls fouls aren't getting called that usually do in the regular season. It's a lot tougher. He's he's six eight six nine starting at center in, in the NBA. It's, he's more of like a run in transition lob dunk. Yeah, I mean, he's guy a great he lob guy. Yeah, but he's not like a paint rim protector. No, and that that guy for the Mavericks right now is Maxi Kleba, who is really a, a stretch four. Shooter. He's a stretch <laughs> yeah. four, and out of necessity, he's had he had to play forty minutes a game at at, at the five for for Dallas, and that's just not going to get it done. He's coming back next year. Dwight Powell's under contract. Bo Bonds, once again, under contract. Um, we know he's not going to play. But someone, if if I had to name someone I'd like to bring in, I would like to trade for uh, Clint Capella. You know, he's not making, he's making probably $17 million a year over in Atlanta. It's not working uh, with Trey Young over there. But someone someone that can run the rim like Dwight Powell, run to the rim on like Dwight Powell on offense, and someone that can rim protect on defense would go so far with this team and Luka Doncic. Uh, but yeah, on the that's it on the Mavs. Uh, what about what about the Heat? Uh, and also, I'd like to wrap into this another question. Do y'all think Jimmy Butler is a top five player in the league? Want to take that, Shay? You know, I think the Heat just need to get healthy. I thought they had a really great roster, man. Um, you know, they just at times didn't get all they could have from guys like Victor Oladipo or Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, Lowry's got championship experience. You know, he's been there, done that. Um, you know, I think Jimmy Butler, you know, they went to the finals a few years ago during the uh, bubble season, you know, whatever you want to call that. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's hard to deny him because I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, he damn sure is a top five player or was this year. Um, when you have guys like, uh, Jokic, you know, he won the MVP and I don't even know if people consider him a top five NBA player. It's like, you know, who can we undoubtedly say is, uh, you know, Giannis, you know, LeBron. I think Luca. I think LeBron's still, you know, in I that would, category. LeBron for sure. He averaged thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but then I, if you're taking LeBron, I think you're also taking Kevin Durant. What about Luca? I said, you, Lu- said Luka, you know, yeah. I, uh, and then like, yeah, and then like, okay, so that's four dudes, and then like, who, you know, that, that fifth spot. It's like, yeah, we aren't counting the dude who won back to back MVPs. I don't know. You know. We might need to right. consider Joker. I don't know. Like, who has a better Joker. team organization? I, like that. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, Joker. Joker. It's <laughs> like, um, yeah. I mean, this Jimmy Butler. He dropped forty-seven points in Game Six. He barely missed the game-winning shot in Game Seven. He's a guy that's gotten, like you said, it was in the bubble, but he got his team to the championship, and he is 
not an offensive offensive player by any means. He what is, did you? Uh, sorry, but what did you think about that shot selection? I liked it. Just I mean, go, you know, it was open. I mean, they had time. They were in transition. They could have easily gotten an offensive rebound there. Um, and he defended. He he didn't have any qualms about it. He defended his own shot. His teammates defended it. Um, like Shea said, they were hobbling there at the end. I mean, so were so were the Celtics. But but he, no I, Tyler Hero. You yeah, know. that's their main score. Yeah, on that team, Jimmy Butler is the guy, but he he can't shoot threes. Hero really. was sixth man of the year, right? Ooh, yeah, I, I want to say he was maybe yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, so not not too much to improve on the Heat from you, Shea. Stay healthy. Uh, you know, young guys like Adebayo getting better. You know, I think he's a great young uh, rim protector in the league. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe bringing in some some veterans that have you know won titles as well. You know, like guys like Kyle Lowry, but just more of them. Uh, could maybe help, but I don't know. I mean, Spolster's a great coach. He'll have him contending next year. Got anything else on that, Corey? Nope. Uh, nothing from me. All right. Uh, well, let's move on. Um, what's this guy's name? Ham. Darvin Ham. Uh, Bucks assistant hired as the Los Angeles Lakers head coach um, this week. He spent two years as an assistant on their staff from 2012 to 2013, which obviously had some some play into their decision. Um, what do y'all What do y'all think of that hire? Y'all know anything about him? I don't, but I have to assume that LeBron James likes him because uh, usually how it works with teams that LeBron's on is LeBron picks the coach. So I assume it was someone LeBron wanted for a specific reason that we may or may not know. Um, I think LeBron is one of the smartest basketball players of our lifetime, certainly. Um, if you listen to any player who's played with him actually talk about him, you know, like he's calling sets, he's doing this, he knows everything that a coach hold, would Hold know. on, though. But he is the guy that wanted Russell Westbrook on the team. Yeah, that is, that's, that's, I'm not saying <laughs> personnel. That is unforgivable. Personnel-wise, yes, but I was more focusing on like the strategic yeah, side, yeah. like on plays. Court, on yeah, court, yeah. yeah. Anyone, yeah. Personnel wise, definitely. To me, this move kind of looks like a rebuild move to me because they've come out and said this week. I mean, nothing's official, obviously. It's the NBA, but the Lakers are considering uh, keeping Russell Westbrook. Uh, looks like they are going to keep him from what's coming out of their front office. Is he still owed like forty million or what? Because yeah. if he is, I imagine no it's one forty-four wants him. million. You'd have to give someone a first rounder. To no, take that's him. that's the issue. From what I've been hearing, is they're they're asking. Teams are asking for a first-round pick back. Just to take the contract. That shows you how good he is, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like I said, they could have gone after a big name. Um, they they tried. Maybe they tried, and they just no one wanted to coach the Lakers. No one wants to coach LeBron. But this is kind of a guy who no one really expected to get the job. He might be a great coach, and he might be able to – develop some of the talent that's on the roster, even though I know it's a bunch of old guys at this point, but maybe they can bring some people in um, and just try something new with Westbrook and AD and LeBron. But the biggest thing for them is staying healthy. Totally. And, you know, it's the NBA. It's not like uh, the NFL or bringing in a new coach is definitely a sign of a rebuild. I mean, just look at the Celtics. Uh, you know, they've got a first-year head coach, and they're in the finals. So I don't think signals a rebuild, but hopefully they can just get something figured out and make all those – uh, you know, good players they have in LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook uh, gel and work. And that's about all I can say about it. 
All right. Well, last thing. I know we've only covered NBA to this point, but I thought I'd throw in a little college basketball news. Uh, Texas Tech signed the number one recruit in the 2023 uh, class. He reclassified, and he is from Canada. Do you all think Tech, I mean. Next Andrew Wiggins, basically? I, 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 these, I don't see how these guys are going to Tech. I mean, Chris Beard obviously built something there. He's not there. Um, what do you all think? you think Tech's going to be a, a powerhouse moving forward? I'm not sure. I mean, Texas got a handful of uh, players out of Canada, the Toronto area Tristan back in the Thompson, day. Corey Joseph. Yeah, those are the guys I'm thinking of. Uh, even, wasn't Mick Cabongo from fucking yeah, Canada? Yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, these high-profile players, he's the number one, he's the number one recruit, um, so I mean, I guess he's leaving after this year. I guess we'll see if the Rockets can win the damn lottery next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've been trying our best, but, you know, can't get it done. All right, well, uh, that does it for this segment. Um, we'll be back to talk a little MLB and some College World Series. we got some regionals coming up in this next week. Uh, this is the Lone Star Lowdown. All right, we're back with the Lone I'm Ty Henderson, and we're going to talk a little MLB slash college baseball. Um, we had some pretty funny news out of the MLB this week. Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham had a little fantasy football beef. Uh, Corey, you got anything on that? Yeah, I mean, can we all relate to that? I don't know. He slapped Tommy Pham, slapped Jock Peterson in the face over fantasy football. I wonder what the argument was. Was there a video? Have you seen the video? Yeah, I've seen the video. Was it, was it open hand, backhand? It was open hand. It's Ooh. very far away. Like, the video's from home plate, and they're in the outfield. I wonder what they're arguing about. Maybe they're arguing about running back strategies. Like, should you draft zero? And, should you do the zero <laughs> RB draft strat, or should you just draft three off the bat? Who knows? What well, I, I saw the quote from Tommy Fan was, uh, he doesn't like people messing with his money, was the direct quote. So something... <laughs> It looks like someone didn't get paid, something he like that. Must have won and didn't get paid. Yeah. They're all millionaires. How is that possible? Yeah, and he got fined like $100,000 for doing that. So <laughs> Three games. Yeah. That's what he got, right? Yeah. That's you know two more than uh, old Donaldson got <laughs> for you know. <laughs> the old Jackie Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I thought that was funny. I mean, personally, me and Shay are in a league together. We haven't had any uh, slappings go, go on in our, our years together, but uh, – <laughs> I just want to know. It must have been about money, because like, what else? No, he said. About? He he said, I don't like people messing with my money. Was it before the game? During the game? It was before, I believe. Okay, yeah. it was not during. They were like not even. They had like their warm ups on it. And huh. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Other than that, um, personally, I'm a Rangers fan. We've been making some positive strides. We're almost back to 500 on the year, which is huge for me. Uh, the Rangers have sucked since pretty much the early 2010s when they were uh, blowing World Series uh, one pitch away twice. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got on the Rangers. Marcus Simeon hit his first home run of the year after breaking the record for most home runs by a second baseman last year. He had 45 last year. He has one this year so far. Whoa. How much did they pay him? You know? A lot. Yeah, I knew they went out and spent big um, on that middle infield. Um, but, yeah, you just hadn't been working out, you saying? Or at least not – the producing a lot of times players do that, you know, new ballpark. Yeah, he started the yeah pretty rough. He was an A, right? Um, was he an athletic? No. Well, last year he was on the Rangers, right? No. Oh, he wasn't. No, him and Corey Seager are both our whole how's, middle infield's new. How's Seager year. been this year? He's been good. Yeah, he's, he's very been good. good. He's a good um, player. But Simeon, he's bad, and I think like. 
216, something like that. But it was in like 150. He's a bit right of an older guy, right? I don't think so. I think he's like early 30s, 27, 28. And Corey Seager is like 25. I think. Ooh, he's batting 197 right now. <laughs> mm hmm. Well, speaking about the Astros, me and Shay's team uh, leading the ALS, second best record in the American League, you know, about where you expected us to be, man, or what? Yeah, man, you know, I expected us to, you know, pick up where we left off last season. Um, I think I just saw we were about like 14 games above 500, somewhere right in there. And um, so we're doing well. Uh, I can't expect any more. We're behind the Yankees for the one seed, but we've got a good little lead on the Angels now. Uh, it's not quite as close as it was. And so I'm happy where we are right now, and I think we'll only continue to get better, especially as our young pitchers continue to develop and do well. I'm talking about guys like uh, Fran Valdez and, um, you know, Luis Garcia's of the world. That's all y'all got? I mean, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I know, it's Pena, not... Re- Pena's been good. He's Pena, continued his Pe- success. Yeah, AL Rookie of the Year incoming, you know. I mean, we still got other sports on besides baseball, so we can't expect anyone to be... Too into the season yet. I, I'm not going to lie, though. I did expect a bit more out of Kyle Tucker up to this point. He's only hitting uh, 239 right now. I expected a bit more. He does have eight homers. I guess he is a, a bit more of a power hitter anyway. But, you know, I expected him to be a little bit That's better. That's not that personally. bad of a batting average, is it? 239. I'd like to see it higher. But... He's batting in the, like, what, the the bottom half of our lineup, though, right? He's not a even a top, you know, one of the first six guys out, right? Like it's, I mean, it, I think he's hit in the six hole before, you know. I know that's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's just never been a guy to crack the, you know. The he was just a young guy, and you were thinking, okay, he got all this experience. At least maybe I was, you know, on island with this, but I'm like, man, I expected to see a bit of a next step for him, but you know, maybe not. He's come up big in in the playoffs, though. He's had his good moments. I'm not too worried about him. It's baseball. And uh, you know, guys like even Jose Altuve is not having a great year at the plate, at least as far as from as far as his average is concerned. So we'll see how it goes. It's a long season. All right, moving into college baseball, uh, we just wrapped up conference tournaments. The SEC had a few delays in their tournament. Uh, Tennessee ended up beating Florida in the finals. Correct? Yeah, they did in the SEC championship. Yeah, Tennessee man. Are they? I I assume they're the favorites to win it all. They're very good. Their pitching staff. Um, is very uh very good. Elite. Elite the Horns yeah. knocked them out last year, correct? Uh, believe we at least beat them once. I don't remember if it was the elimination game. I guess we lost to Mississippi State and then beat them instead of going two and Q, right? That's how it went. I think so. Yeah, because we lost that Bednar guy in the first game. All those strikeouts. Yeah, let's talk about the Longhorns. No, 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 bit. not not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not, we're gonna okay. say we're gonna save okay. long. We can we can talk Longhorn baseball at the end. Okay, we'll okay. save the real UT. I kind of just wanted to, to lay out the, uh, the the field, the field, the regionals. You okay, got- yeah, let's talk a little bit about it. I know that um, besides Tennessee, I think Florida and A and M, and maybe Auburn. Auburn also is yeah. hosting a regional, yeah. So that's a, you know at least four. That's a quarter of all the regionals being hosted by uh, SEC schools. Um, you know, a few years ago we saw Florida play LSU for the championship. Uh, I guess it's not out of the possibility it could be you know uh, multiple teams in Omaha this year from the conference. Uh, I'm not sure how the bracket exactly stacks up, but uh, I'm sure there'll be at least two of those teams that make it there, and. Um, you know, so I and and probably a SEC school in the championship game. I would expect. Do you got to go ahead, Corey? Well, no, you you go ahead because I was already going <laughs> to. Okay. I was already going to jump to a UT topic. No, so no. Okay. go ahead if I, you got something other. Than do y'all that. have a? I don't know if you've looked at the field uh, very. I got closely. the tournament right in front of me. Do you got a hardest 
regional out there? Ooh. Like the toughest one? I think that, uh, honestly, Eastern Carolina's got a tough road with Coastal Carolina and Virginia in their bracket. Um, I just think that you know both of those schools have played for and won national titles in the last uh, seven years or so. And, uh, you know, East Carolina, 18-game winning streak, uh, coming in with a really high RPI. But, um, you know, it's just tough beating teams with that kind of uh, pedigree. I think the uh, Stanford Cardinals should really watch out because the uh, the Texas Bo- the mighty Texas State Bobcats are, are coming for that regional. And they're, Stanford's the two-seed overall, correct? No, oh, yes, two-seed well, overall. Yeah, Yeah. so that's that's Texas be a tough State's one. a two-seed in that uh, regional, though. Texas State's already beaten Stanford this year, I think. Honestly, I I think they've yeah. they played a series. As an alum, I should be watching you, them you, more. Can you look that up for yeah. me? We can yeah. get back to that. Um I I know I I said we weren't going to talk any Texas baseball, but for me, um personally from what I've watched this year that they have one of the harder regionals with Air Force being the 4 seed. We split a midweek series with them earlier this year and we would have lost both games if it weren't for a Trey Faltini walk-off homer. Uh Dallas Baptist they're always they're always a solid squad. DBU um, went five and four against the Big Twelve this year. That's more wins against the Big Twelve than Kansas had playing a complete fucking season <laughs> in the Big yeah. Twelve. Okay. Yeah, Dallas Baptist. DBU, baby. They're they're for real. Um they got a nice little field up there, a nice little campus up in what is that, East Dallas. Um Yeah, we played a regional up there actually, uh I think twenty fifteen maybe. Uh Texas went up there. I mean they've made it to the to the World Series a few times in, in the re- recent years, I think, correct? Or, I'm not sure they made it all the way. Uh, they have. I know they've, they've at least once. Okay, yeah. they. Uh, but, yeah, just another good school, you know, tapping that Texas talent, man, developing it. They got a good thing going up there. I expect them to be uh, a tough out. I do think the regional's tough, but we'll save it for the Longhorn segment. Yeah. I didn't. I don't see Texas State playing Stanford. Do we not? No. Um are we moving to the Longhorns? Cause uh, hold on, oh. hold on, hold on. Uh, one last thing: we had that Oregon. Uh, can you pull up the score to that UCLA Oregon State game that happened? Over Wasn't the it twenty-five to twenty-two? I want to say. I think there was nine runs scored by UCLA in the bottom of the ninth to tie it up, and then in the bottom of the tenth or eleventh, it was a walk-off home run, three-run homer. Oh, I've got a. Um... Yes, I think you're right about all that, but I've got a little more MLB news for when we get the chance. It was 22 to 25, by the way. UCLA won nine runs in the ninth. Um, I'm not looking at the box score, just the final. Um, I'll have to get that. I'll have to. I'll have to look more in depth. <laughs> okay. Well, I I'll trust my memory on that one. What do you got from the MLB? I was just gonna say that um, old Cody Clemens is uh got called up today. Hell yeah. I'm not sure if he's actually playing. I'd have to look and see how the Tigers are doing, but I know Roger Clemens was, you know, being rushed up to Detroit <laughs> to fucking be there in case uh he got his first uh, you know, plate appearance. Yeah, I saw he was on the bench, but who knows, he might have came in as a pinch hitter or something like that. Exactly, exactly. I don't know. I I didn't hear that he got the start, and I'm not even sure what he's playing if he's, you know, at first or DH or what. But um, and then I was just gonna touch on the uh, um, what is his name? Kaplan, Kapler, Gabe Kapler, Cap, the uh-huh. Giants, the Giants manager. manager. Yeah. yeah. So you know he uh, after you know um, he basically came out and said he would be protesting the national anthem for whatever reason he he put, but that he was gonna be pausing it 
for Memorial Day. Because he respects the troops, yeah. Shay. You don't understand. He respects yeah. the troops. Oh yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I'd love to hear, uh, I'd love to hear him and Colin Kaepernick have a conversation about this matter. <laughs> but uh, I just, I guess, I wanted to hear what uh, what y'all thought about that and um, the incongruency in his protest. I mean, I don't think anyone really gives a shit about his protesting <laughs> in the MLB. It's it's not a league where that's something that's spotlighted or made a big deal. I mean, he's the only one that's protesting that I've heard of. Um, I don't I haven't heard anyone come out and defend him on it. I'm sure some of his players have, but the whole thing. I mean, he was. I don't want to get political about it, but he was protesting because of the school shooting that happened in Uvalde um, about gun control and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's really a time or a place to be making a political statement after something like that happens. Corey, you got anything? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, from what I saw, he just said uh, he wants he's going to continue to protest until he sees a change. And he didn't specify from what I saw yeah, what the so change it, was. He's just like, protesting America yeah, like, like what, as, as a whole. Well, what's <laughs> the change? Like, I mean, I guess, you know, we don't have to go down that road, but, they yeah, you know, want, it's like if you're going to do it, then do it. Right. Like, why they, did it pause on Memorial Day? I don't know. They just want to write their causes on their cleats. OK, that's all they want. Yeah. Probably something like that. My cause, yeah. my cleats. All right. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, unless y'all got anything else, uh, we'll wrap up this segment. And uh, you got anything else? We're gonna hit UT baseball next segment. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think That's we cool. we That's might cool. have enough time to to go into a little. We can uh, wait. A little mm-hmm. soccer. You know, just a little quick little touch on some soccer, some uh, NHL playoffs, and some softball. Or we could save the the softball for the for the horns segment. But anyways, uh, this is the Lone Star Lowdown, uh, and we'll be back in, in a few. I'm Ty Henderson. We're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. Uh, going to give you all a little soccer news here. The Champions League finals took place over the weekend with uh, Liverpool and Real Madrid matching up. Liverpool was a heavy favorite going in, and personally I was very bullish on betting them. Uh, lost a considerable sum of money. Uh, they lost 1-0, 1-0 to uh, Real Madrid, who has, I mean, they are, I, I know y'all don't know because y'all don't watch soccer. I barely do. But uh, they've won the most Champions League titles, I'm pretty sure, in the past 20 years, maybe all time. Do they have, like, Messi or somebody that I would know? Uh, they had Ronaldo for mm. for a very long time. Um, but Benzema is their best player right now, and he's putting up considerable numbers this year. Um, but it's truly a year to remember. Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. playing somewhere. Yeah. We just have to find him. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, that's it for soccer. Uh, we got the NHL playoffs, conference finals um, starting up this week. We have Edmonton and, God, I'm really bad. Car- Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Ed- and Avalanche just won today 8-6. to six. It was a yeah. pretty thrilling game. I watched the first one and a half periods before we headed up here. It was it was exciting. A lot game. of goals. I know the goal yeah. line on that one was um, not seven. the goal line. The total, yeah, it was seven. Well, they crushed the Avalanche beat that themselves. Yeah, um, which that's I bet a lot of NHL, and that's – Pretty high. You're usually looking at six, five and a half on the yeah, on the stars the was five and a half because I was definitely looking at those lines. Yeah. Um. So I got the Avalanche coming out of that series. They're far and away been the best team this year. And um, 
they got some they got some guys that's been there and done that once i don't know too much about the nhl but once once the playoffs come on playoff hockey's like nothing else personally yeah i'll tell you what i've been getting into it over the past year and a half especially with how the dallas stars have been good like they're hockey i'd much rather watch hockey than like soccer personally I mean, oh, you can hate me for that or whatever uh, i only have so much room in my head you know it's like <laughs> football baseball basketball i like boxing ufc like there's just there's too many names to remember. It's just like it yeah, and fit. they're all like Russian and yeah. Finnish. And yeah, it's hard to even pronounce their names. Well, soccer is just so much similar to hockey as well, but it's just hockey so much more fast paced and they and fight physical. on goal. They fight. Yeah, and there's you know not any of that flopping, you know, any of that crap going on. It's more yeah. American to me. And then on the uh, eastern side of things in the NHL, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning and Edmonton Oilers. Uh, out of Ontario, Canada, right? That's no, it's uh, it's not. Edmonton's playing Colorado. Oh yeah, I think Edmonton uh, might be a like a province. I don't even know. If no, it's a city. No, it's in Ontario. I'm pretty I, sure. Okay, I don't know my Canadian um, geography very yeah, well. Yeah, well, I messed that one up. Who is it? It's Lightning and whoever beat Carolina. Who was? Oh, the Rangers, New York Rangers. How could I forget? Uh, which I'm sure the NHL is happy about that. Um, their biggest market is in the conference finals. Um, against the two-time reigning champions. Yeah. And the Lightning came in. I think they were they weren't a very high seed, but their Stanley Cup uh, runs in the past few years have obviously that experience has come into play. Yeah, a three peat just doesn't happen very often in sports. So anytime there's a chance for it, I mean, that's what I love it. If I'm rooting for it, yeah. I believe the Rangers were uh, underdogs in their last series. Yeah, Carolina was the one seed. So that that series, I watched a lot of that series. Every home team won till Game Seven. And the only reason the Rangers really won Game Seven is Carolina was down to their third string goalkeeper, mm. and in the NHL, even your backup goalkeeper is or goalie is far worse than your starter. Yeah, apparently there's cases. not that many great goalies. Like, and when you get one, you hang on to him. Yeah, and apparently a, a goalie can't just play every fucking game like you think they could. It's that hard, man. Out? You're. Yeah. I get what did they. How is it hard? I didn't even realize. Me, forgive me for asking. Like, I didn't even realize that hockey players were constantly coming on and off the ice. Shift you know changes, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, y'all got any predictions for that? Just throw it out there. I mean, the Avalanche. I mean, I'm always looking at the betting lines for no particular reason, of course. Um. But I've noticed the Avalanche have been always been huge favorites in most games they've played. They're the favorites to win the. Stanley Cup since before the postseason, so I think that'd probably be the safe pick. But I tell you what, the Lightning got there, man. Uh, they want that three beat, so I wouldn't be surprised. But to, if, I would just be pretending to actually know anything if I tried to break it down uh, more than that. Yeah. So hey, never underestimate the heart of a champion. You boy. got you got the Lightning, Shay. Ah, uh, yeah, I think the Lightning are gonna win it all again. I mean, you know, does Lightning strike thrice? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might. It just might. I got the Lightning as well. All right, well, that that does it for this little mini segment here. Um, We'll be right back with our favorite segment, hopefully the listener's favorite segment, Longhorn Talk. Uh, This is the Lone Star Lowdown. We'll be right back. Let's go here on the Lone Star Lowdown. We're back talking Texas sports. Let's start off with the football team. 
Uh, we got a big transfer out of uh, FCS this week, James Madison kid, right, Ty? Yeah, All-American. Um, I think he's got two years of eligibility left, maybe one. Um, but small frame, a guy that can get some tackles. I think he had over 120 tackles last year for James Madison. Wasn't a highly recruited guy at a high school. You know, he's got a little shit in his neck, which I like at the linebacker position. I like this scouting report right here. Keep going. Yeah. Do uh, we know where he's from? Uh, I think Florida. I Florida could be kid? completely... He was I a two-star high school recruit. I don't so. even know where James Madison is. So. Virginia. <laughs> okay. Virginia. High school, Should've Lake Taylor. Is a powerhouse. Lake Taylor, Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Um, yeah. Is he going to be playing uh, an interior? Yeah. All right. All right. I think like the idea is like Sark wants speed, and he wants size and speed. This guy definitely doesn't have size. He's like, they got him listed at 215 right here. 5'10". 5'10". I, ass- I would assume he's bigger than 215. I don't know. Th- unless he's going to be, pl- I don't like, you know, I haven't seen much of him, but... Uh, we need bodies. Yeah. We need bodies at the linebacker linebacker position. Luke Brockmeyer, he's been hurt. I don't know why he was ever starting in the first place. He started all last year. He was our best linebacker. Put up air quotes there. I know y'all can't see us. Um, but we have David Gabinda, who's gone back and forth from the running back room. He was a highly recruited guy, wasn't he? Four star. He's he's been on the team for a while, but like I said, he's been he's been playing running back and linebacker back and mm-hmm. forth for th- two or three years. Uh, Jalen Ford, he was he's a high 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 rate highly rated recruit. Um, he he has some potential, but from what I saw from him last year, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Uh, but lastly, Demarion Overshone, Overshone, the man with all the bands, right? Yeah, the banded man. Yeah, the swag king. Uh, he's a good player. He can't. He he's a converted safety. He's physical, but can he fit a gap? You know, can yeah. can can he help as much as you'd like in the run game, which is the biggest thing for the defense last year? We were getting torched, like on the run by Kansas. Exactly. Um, That's fine. So I like to, I, I like what what we're doing, bringing in some more bodies in the linebacker room. I mean, I don't expect this guy to start, but I expect him to, to get some playing time, at least make some contributions on special teams. Uh, what about y'all? What do y'all think? Um, real quick. Uh... You know, we are bringing in a lot of guys. We have a huge offensive line class coming in, six different guys, so we definitely need it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, one guy I want to touch on is uh, Jaleel Billingsley from Bama. Obviously, um, he's an NFL athlete. He's uh, He's been good at Alabama. He was there, you know, when Sark was there. I'm sure he recruited him. Uh, he wasn't getting used, since Sark left, he wasn't getting used how he wanted um, to be in to be at Alabama, so obviously transferred to Texas. Um, tight end is very important in Sark's offense, so uh, that's one that gets me a bit excited as far as the transfers go. Um, so, yeah, I know Shay, he uh, is very optimistic about Texas's future, so I'm sure he'll tell us about that. I mean, I don't know how we could do any worse than last year. That's the good <laughs> news. Um, you know, I like that we brought in uh, Patterson to be a defensive uh, consultant or whatever role they're officially giving him. He can't be on the field, but, you know, I just can't imagine he's not. What is that? Got his hand yeah. in the, you know, yeah. the cookie jar there. He's in a box somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is I mean, honestly where, I mean, even your. Where we want him. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I think the team should be good. Uh, a lot of explosive uh, offensive weapons. You know, we'll see how these transfers fit in. Um, we'll see who can crack the squad coming in as a freshman. Um, I'm never very optimistic about 18 year old kids coming in and playing uh, Division One college football. Uh, but you know, they could surprise me, and we uh, we we need some offensive linemen. That's for sure. 
Um, because, you know, uh, the, the success of the, you know, vaunted Texas running game is going to all depend on if we can, you know, make those holes for Bijan to run through. And, um, you know, I guess we'll just go ahead and touch on quarterback play. Yeah, I was I just mean, about to bring that up you know, if you didn't. So that's what everybody wants to talk about. And, uh, you know, I think it's looking more and more like, um, what's his name? Beauty school dropout. Uh, viewers. Quinn Ewers will be the starting quarterback. I mean, that's just how what it. That's just what it feels like. I sure you know? as I hope so. And also, yeah, I hope so as well. Um, you know, if uh, he's not good enough to win the job, that's got to bring some worry to you, right? Yeah, just because I mean Hudson Carr, we saw him last year, and he just unless I mean, he's making dramatic improvements, he, he ain't it. Yeah, I mean Hudson Carr. This is what his third year on the team, right? Second, right? Uh, third, third year. Mm-hmm. Redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Um. So I mean. You know, I guess he's got a little more experience. Um, uh, what uh, Ewers would be just a freshman coming out of high school right now, mm, he, right? He reclassified out of high school. Yeah, so came out early. I'm not sure exactly what the age difference is, but you know, there might be a bit of a maturity thing there. Um, and you know, I just can't imagine that the the media machine that is Texas football wouldn't just anoint uh, Ewers, especially because he's got fancy hair. You know, he's got he the, does mullet have the mullet going mullet, on, yeah. and it's just going to be so much better for the camera, man. I mean, if if Hudson did start, I mean, he would have about five bad plays before. They're throwing things on the field. But do like, it, yeah, get you it would saying. be, yeah, Garrett Gilbert, you know. Uh, that, I was at that game that year where he literally got booed off the field. And looking back at it, as I, I booed, you know, <laughs> but looking back at it, that's not what we want as as a fan base, but. That's something that Texas fans are going to do. Um, They're upset, man. We we have not, you know, performed to the level of expectation since Mac has left. So. Even when his last few years too, he yeah. he, I mean, do y'all remember when he he burned uh, Tyrone Swoop's red shirt in that Alamo Bowl against Oregon when we were down like thirty five? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> what is that? No, like he, he basically was just like, yeah, fuck, fuck whoever's coming in. Yeah, like, it's not like Tyrone. I mean, Tyrone Swoop's is a good player. He's, that Notre Dame game. If, Oh, uh, yeah. Texas is back, baby. Um, We've been back at least six times in the past five years. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, y'all, y'all got anything else on the football team? We're gonna move move to some basketball news. Yeah, nothing really to mention. I'm sure we'll uh, have plenty of time to talk up Texas football. Uh, yeah, we got fall, the year. fall camp coming up. Got exactly. some new, some some big names coming to campus that did not enroll early. Uh, a lot of offensive line. A lot help. of the O line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Let's move on to basketball. Uh, Texas men's basketball added the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year, Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State. He was rated the number three transfer via ESPN. What do you all think? You know, uh, the the basketball team was, uh, you know, I thought had its moments last year. There weren't really any star players, you know, um, or at least nobody that really, no NBA draft players, you know, no draft picks in my opinion. Um, so, you know, maybe this Tyrese Hunter guy, I, uh, you know, saw the Iowa State game. Nobody really jumped off the page to me that game. Like, they were, you know, I guess newcomer of the year status, but, uh, we need bodies and, um, Beard, you know, bringing in transfers. He brought in a lot of transfers last year and, you know, hopefully we can just continue that and that's the new way to build a college basketball program. Yeah, so, him coming in, he plays point guard, I forgot to mention that, um, He'll be replacing a lot of the Devin Askew minutes that we got last year where he can take a shot or even wanted to take a shot. Um, 
So I think offensively he'll help out. He scored I think like twenty six points in the second round of the NCAA tournament this year against or it was either in the first round against LSU or against Wisconsin. Um, we also have a five star point guard Ontario Morris coming in. Um, I wonder if they can play at the same time, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean we we got Marcus Carr coming back. It's his fifth year, um, but I I thought all along he was more of an off ball kind of guy. He's not meant to run the offense. He can he can get us some buckets, but he shouldn't be the guy that's bringing it up every time. So I think Tyrese Hunter, he's a true point guard. He's like six foot six one. You know, he's a smaller guy. He can shoot. I think him and him and Ontario Morris this year will be the you know the quarterbacks of the offense. Yeah, <clears throat> the thing that worries me a bit about the Texas basketball is just like size. You know, when I watched them last year, and I don't know if you know y'all can tell me y'all's opinion, but like obviously Purdue had two really big guys. They had like that six foot, I mean seven they foot two four seven guy, footers, yeah. and then the other guy uh, who is actually maybe better. Um, he was eating them alive. You yeah, know? our biggest guy was is like what six eight. I feel like. You know, I'm not sure how important size is in college basketball. Obviously, it's a very skill-based uh, game, but, you know, having it's like the same as Texas State basketball. It's like when you have – when your biggest guy is the same size as Texas State basketball's biggest guy, because, like, they were small for the Sun Belt, and they yeah. had – you know, their biggest guy is 6'8", and that's, like, what Texas is kind of rolling out there. I would like to see, you know – some more size down. The I I don't I don't know if size is what Beard's looking for though. He's looking for physical guys that know where to be on defense. Yeah. You, like what he, does he prioritize? Like speed kind of thing. He's not like Shaka where it's like pure. Like Shaka was recruiting guys that were pure athletes, couldn't right. shoot. They they could run all over the court, but they didn't really know no what skill. they were doing. You know, like no basketball IQ. Yeah. Beard's yeah. biggest thing is basketball IQ. If you if you can play, he'll only play you if you know where you you need to be on defense. Brock Cunningham's a great example. I mean, he's going to take two shots maximum a game, but he's getting 20 minutes, or not 20, you know, 18 minutes a game as a 6'5 power forward just because he knows where to be. He's going to hustle. Um, we've seen guys transfer out of the program purely because they're little bitches and they don't want to They don't want to hustle. They don't want to okay. try. We This year, what's his name? The guy, that tra- the guy that was committed to Tech, decommitted, came to Texas, and then mid-year – left the program, and went back to Tech. It's like, guys like that. I mean, coaching in college basketball is the biggest biggest factor. The coaches are the stars. We yeah. have a star now. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask. What do y'all think about Beard? Like, He's a star. He is, he, he is what we wish Sarkeesian was. Is that is this what you're telling me? Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a hometown guy. He went to Texas. He's, this is where he wants to be. That's the number one thing. Uh, I think the fans love him. I love his attitude. Um I didn't have my expectations for last year were getting out of the first round. If we could do that, successful season. Um, this year, Elite Eight. That's what I'm. I mean, Ooh. my expectations are high. I forgot to mention Dylan Mitchell, another five-star recruit, six-seven uh, uh, wing. He's a beast. You know, we needed wing help. Do we uh, have the talent to make the Elite Eight? In y'all's view, yeah, we did last year too. You know, it just we lost our best player um, halfway through the year. Travion, Travion Mitchell, Mitchell. What was his name? I know his last name is Mitchell. He transferred to West Virginia. I but don't, I don't remember him being our best. Oh, player. he was Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell. Um, he yeah, another guy he that was just, good. I think he, he was quit about on the as team. good as Carr. What was the other guy? Was pretty good. About equal with Carr. Ramey. 
No, 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 no. Teddy was, or Timmy Allen. Timmy Allen. Timmy Allen and, and Carr were about, I'd say, the, the two stars of the team last year. Yeah, but once Mitchell was out of there, that we didn't have a center. Yeah, that did hurt us. I'm not denying that. And you know why he left too, right? Was he not? He uh, got an argument with Chris Beard. Yeah, he uh, wasn't. He wasn't a. Uh, you know, getting with the program, it sounds like. I like Chris Beard's uh, no-nonsense attitude, his professional, um, you know, appearance and how he comes off to the fans, you know. Um, this, you know, Shaka Smart always kind of felt like a more relaxed players coach. Um, you know, Beard, yeah, wanting the job. He, he like, you know, he has the, the cut of a Bill Self or, you know, a, you know, just a really good college He's basketball a, He coach. comes from the Bobby Knight coaching tree. Exactly. Bobby Knight was the coach at Texas Tech for a minute yeah. there. Uh, you know, one of his last stops, I believe. Is and that where he threw the chair, or was that still? Uh, yeah, that was Indiana. Uh, Indiana. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he threw there multiple chairs. He probably <laughs> Yeah, after the first time, I think that was kind of his thing, you know. But, yeah, Bobby Knight, again, just the same. It, that's the yes. kind of guy I want, though, you know, a guy that's not afraid to get in your fucking face on the sideline. That's not think, afraid to set someone straight. You know? I think that's the coaches that succeed best in college basketball, right? It's more like the – I don't want to say authoritarian, but, like, not the player's coach. If you look at, like, Jasevsky, uh, I don't know how Calipari is. He might be more of a player's coach, but, like, Izzo, all these other guys, they are more cut from the cloth of discipline, that sort yeah, of thing. Because you are dealing with kids, right? Like, yeah, like college I, basketball That players. goes along with what I said about the coaches being the stars in college basketball. Because yeah. every year I you, agree with you, got, you got players one year draft, you know? Like, there's no, there's no consistency. Yeah. So... Having a coach that has some name recognition, some face recognition, brings guys in, but they also will respect him. You know, no one respected Shaka. They, yeah, like you said, Shay, great relationship guy, great recruiter, coached a little USA basketball, I think. He could get guys to the program, he could get guys to the league, but he couldn't win. And I think Beard will change that. Couldn't get the most out of his players, man. That's what Shaka's problem was. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of. Men's basketball talk. Uh, the Lady Horn softball team uh, won won the regional. Was that the super regional? Super or? regional, Arkansas, right? Arkansas yeah. super regional knocked off the number four team in the nation. And that was on the road. Yeah. So the Texas Longhorns softball team advance into their sixth all-time women call women's college world series. They're gonna series. Fuck that up. <laughs> They're gonna be. Playing UCLA, who they've already played earlier in the year, they lost one to two. Uh, UCLA is a very good uh, program, and also we're on the Oklahoma side as well. I believe uh, Oklahoma is in this uh, College World Series, so you know they're arguably the best college softball program of all time. They lost two games this year, uh, one to us, so you know we can have some faith we, there. Yeah, there we got that. I mean, I think at this point, you know, um, for Mike White and. Uh, the softball team this season is pretty much a victory at this point. Uh, anything more than where we're at now, um, you know, would just be, you know, candy on top, if you will. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the saying, but yeah, yeah uh, shout out, shout, shout out to the softball team. You know, at least one program in Texas is doing something worth noting. So, well, there you go. Um, well, let's let's get to the biggest um, thing on the docket for Texas sports: uh, the baseball team is hosting a regional starting this week. Shay, what what day is that starting? That'll start on, on this Friday um, at 1 p.m. The Texas Longhorns take on the Air Force Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. Um, That's a pool right there. I wouldn't have came up with that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, 
Yeah, so 1 o'clock start. That's, you know, obviously Texas is the one seed, so they get to play first, see, you know, if they can see when they'll play the next day, uh, the winner of the Dallas Baptist uh, Louisiana Tech ball game. I'm not sure exactly when that one starts, but, you know, it's probably slated for around uh, 5 or 6 o'clock based on when that first game's going on. Um, and, yeah, Texas, I think, has a... Uh, well, first, let's talk about the Big 12 tournament. Um, Texas went in. Most people thought they needed a couple wins to secure a home regional. Most people thought they were on the bubble. And uh, Texas did just that. They um, started off by beating Oklahoma State uh, and then beat Texas Christian. Uh, then they got the day off Friday, uh, lost to Oklahoma State, and then beat them in the nightcap to advance to the championship game against Oklahoma a game they promptly lost 8-1. to one. Um, But it really didn't seem to matter that much because in about the eighth inning, uh, the NCAA announced the home regional sites. Uh, much to the chagrin of the Sooners, the Longhorns were selected, the Sooners were not. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the rest is to come. But, yeah, so the Horns drew, drew the nine seed. Um, that's not a top eight national seed, but um, they're lined up against the East Carolina regional um, and, you know, we'll just see how it all goes. Uh, I like the horns going in with Pete Hansen on Friday. Um, probably see Lucas Gordon, um, whoever they draw in the second game, win or lose. And, um, yeah, as long as, um, you know, it's it's got to be all hands on deck as far as pitching goes. Tristan Stevens got to be ready to go. Out of the pen, right? Oh, yeah, he's been moved fully to the pen, um, transitioning from the day two starter role. Um, so we're really on about a two-man rotation with just, you know, a uh, kitchen sink to fill in. Uh, so going 2-0 and to start this uh, regional out is going to be big. Uh, we just we just don't have the pitching. Now. Yeah, and I, I was listening to David Pierce talk today. Um, I know we played Air Force, like we mentioned earlier, uh, in a midweek series earlier this year, split it. We probably should have lost both those games. But Air Force didn't throw their number one guy. And I'm hearing that this guy's first round talent. Like he's no joke. Um, the Air Force ace. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Air Force ace. Get it? Didn't. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, the bats. Our bats are, in my opinion, are are our strongest. Liver die bomb, right? Yeah. I mean, we got we got the Hispanic Titanic hitting bombs. We broke the record, the the horns record this year against um, Oklahoma. It was our one. It was our lone run of the uh, championship game. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of worried about this Air Force team. They're they're scrappy. Uh, I worked produced one of those games for for the legendary Craig Way earlier this year, and Trey Faltini hit that walk off that saved our asses. Um, we were gonna have to go to extra innings. We that one wasn't looking good. Um, but I'm most I'm most worried about Dallas Baptist personally. Well, uh, just one more thing on Air Force. Uh, you said that uh, they didn't throw their uh, frontline guy, and they certainly didn't see Pete Hansen. Uh, yeah, from us, they saw our Tuesday and Wednesday guys. You know, fourth and fifth uh, game dudes. So you know, the twenty-four runs we gave up to them in those two games. Um, you know, uh, obviously that's concerning on paper, but I just think that uh, especially drawing them in the first game is big for us. I think they're one of the best four seeds in the whole tournament. But uh, I would be more worried about potentially seeing them later. In once the they weekend. got hot or something like that. Well, or? just if you know, like let's say win or lose, we we saw them on you know Sunday 
when we no longer have a starting pitcher to go field out there. And um, that's when I would be most worried about them. But uh, back to DBU. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say they're they're a great program, you know, smaller smaller school. Um, they've consistently been in the regionals, super regionals, uh, made a few appearances in the College World Series, I think. I know they made at least one, like I said earlier. Um, but, yeah, they're, I, I haven't watched them this year, but just based off of pure Longhorn instinct, I think we'll be say, seeing them on, on the final day, and it's going to come down to beating them. They've already beaten Louisiana Tech once this year, and they had a really good record – I think we already mentioned it uh, earlier today against the Big Twelve, even though they haven't played. Texas yeah, more yet. wins than Kansas, right? More <laughs> wins against the conference than Kansas. Yes. I got a question for y'all, real quick. Uh, how far would we need to go? <clears throat> excuse me. Um, for y'all to consider like it to be a victory, you know, like a World Series win. Yeah. Or like a, a national championship. Yeah. Exactly. So know, if they're not getting there, it was a failed season in your eyes. I'll kinda. be pissed. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, we have the talent to do it. You think every year? I every mean, year. that's where I want us to be. You know, I'd be pissed. Yeah, if we, if we, I'm pissed every year we don't win it, and um, especially coming in in the season with the number one designation. Now, obviously, we lost a lot of talent, y'all, uh, between Ty Madden, um, Cole Cole Quintanilla, uh, Colby Kubachek. You know, the two big time uh, relievers. These are just dudes that left the program for whatever reason. Uh, Cam Williams and Zach Zubia. You know, that was a good portion of our team. Uh, that we don't have this season, um, but dudes have stepped up. Murphy Staley, um, getting know, Austin Todd back, it's been huge. Austin Todd's had a great year, uh, even though he has missed a little bit of time. Faltine, Ardwan, Skyler Messenger, huge transfer. Oh, he's yeah. actually he's batting about like three. He's the second highest batter on the team. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's he started 50. he started off the year like on a little bit of a cold streak as well. So after leading the league or the Big Twelve in uh, doubles last season for really? Kansas, really, yes. I didn't know that. So anyway, yeah, um, you know, I know we're kind of wrapping it up here, but uh, I feel really good about the Texas Longhorns in this regional. Um, you know, Louisiana Tech, uh, I don't really know a lot about them. I know they beat LSU a couple times during midweek games this season. Um, they they took a game from Southern Miss in their three-game series, but, you know, honestly, I don't think they should be a two-seed. Um, I, 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 I looked at their record, and it just didn't, it didn't strike me as being a top 32 uh, team in college baseball. And they're out of the Conference USA, correct? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. All right, well, um, predictions. I know we're all going to say we're, we're, we're going to the Super Regional, but got anything else besides this? First round exit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah. Let's get a record. Do you think we'll sweep the, series, like sweep the Regional, or do you think we'll drop a game? Well, I definitely think we're going to win the regional. Uh, I think we're in a good position to go 2-0 and with Lucas Gordon and Pete Hansen. Um, I would just be worried about potentially that third game, uh, but I think between the third and the potential fourth game we would then play, uh, we can get one of them. I think our bats will show up. I just, um, you know, if we can't produce runs, then it's it's going to be hard to keep, uh, keep runs off the board. Yeah, I, I mean... I- I gotta say, we're gonna we're gonna win every game. You know, I I don't see us losing um, to any of these teams particularly. But like you said, bullpen. If if our pitching staff can keep it together, I don't see a way we lose. Corey, you know, I think y'all hit the nail on the head. I don't have much more to add. All right, hell yeah. Well, uh, let's close up here for the first official episode of the Lone Star Lowdown. We're uh, working on getting our socials and 
website and stuff like that up. But this this episode will be up on SoundCloud for sure. Uh, make sure to you know spread the word. We're we're a growing show here, and we can use all the help we can get from the community. Uh, Shay, you got anything to finish this out? I was going to say we'll also be posting um, articles and you know such things. Um, you know we'll be tweeting out and you know yeah, like you said, all uh, branches of social media we're about to go live on. So uh, I just I know I just wrote a big article on the Texas baseball team season review and uh, regional preview. So be sure to go check that out as well. Yeah, and we'll also in in the future have a video to go along with our beautiful voices here. Um, which will be available on YouTube if you prefer to consume your media that way. Corey, you got anything? Yeah, and also, you know, if you are listening and you like what we got to say, you know, let us know. If you want us to talk about something, tweet at us. Uh, like Ty said, we're going to have the Twitter up here soon in just a matter of week or so. So um, you'll find us on there. That's going to be Lone Star LD at Lone Star LD. Um, so, yeah, tweet at us. Ask us, you know, any questions you have, what you want us to cover. Uh, we're going to be writing articles on the website, you know. Probably, you know, have some cool things going with the website once we get that up. Uh, you know, we've only been at this for a week. It's going to keep growing. We're going to keep getting, you know, better with the content. And, uh, yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for us. Engagement is key, though. And if anybody wants to uh, purchase ad space or be our sponsors, uh, we'd love to hear from y'all. Please reach out. Yeah, we got our ad director here, Shay Holt. Uh, for the Lone Star Lowdown, I'm Ty Henderson. This is Shay Holt. Corey Guidry. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Hey Ross, sauce it up. I'm afraid of being average, and I'm battling it every day. I'm stuck in a loop, round and round we go. Everybody say, you really paying to get zoos? I scream for more, but she won't get us school. I adore the old Bible first, Italian suits, shoes, daddy girls with big boots. Is it Moulin Rouge? Don't talk too smooth, really not in the mood To be swaying to just anything Two sips, two slips, I slide We lock eyes, ooh Sometimes I bring you the moon tonight Something by the way that you move It takes me back to the day My hips don't lie don't talk too smooth, really not in the mood. Just say it's all, just say